0: Welcome to Relationships with Rob. I am your host, an award-winning author, serial entrepreneur, and your virtual relationship coach. Each week, we are bringing you people who inspire me to live my best life, and we are going to take the plunge and look for clues so that we can have successful relationships too. I truly believe relationships mean the most to us, and we all have different reasons why. So let's get to the bottom of it. And if you're going through something right now, this show will help give you the tools necessary to break through your own paradigms, leave with your best foot forward, and to never, ever give up hope. Let's get it. Alright, what is up, uh, my beautiful people? Happy hump day. It is Wednesday, May the 15th, and we are back at it with the interviews today. I apologize for Monday. There was definitely a hole in my system, and I've since corrected that. So that I don't leave any more episodes hanging like that, I'm just going to transfer them straight to my external now because I can't trust computers. And so yeah, if this is your first time tuning in and you have no idea what I'm talking about, that's okay. I warmly welcome you anyways because we are bringing you shows three times a week. Normally it's two interviews and a solo round with me. And it's all about navigating heartbreak, bettering our relationships, and having the conversations that... People are afraid to have, or maybe they just can't have them because, I get it, no one understands relationships these days, so who the hell are you going to ask, right? It's hard, I know, trust me, it's bad out there. So, subscribe. We will be figuring this out together, join the journey as we turn the tables on other people to find out what it means to them, because I think perspective is everything. It's literally gold, and if we can see through the lens of others that have been there or have failed and made it on the other side, we are able to bring forth empathy to our daily lives as well as gratitude, and with that comes understanding. And with that, brings us more clarity. And with that, when things are more clear, decisions become easier, all right? And things become more smoother, so. Today's guest knows all about that. Thuy Nhatong Kom is an Asian-American millennial wife, mother to a four-year-old boy. And by day she is a medical family nurse and by night she is a solo mompreneur she is also a content creator who inspires others to flourish and find their better self she builds community by being part of organizations like woke organizes or organizing campaigns in the portland area for matters that mean a lot to her twee is also a holistic life coach to women she takes everything she has studied and learned and gives it back To empower them to find their purpose and their passion she stands for no bullying she also stands for a community who can rise from their past circumstances insecurities and weaknesses but she also believes the world has so much more to share and most have not even scratched the surface of what they are capable of her dream is to see everyone experience life through their own journey and not someone else's, so that they can rise higher and bounce back from all the trials and tribulations that one may face in life. We talked about why healthcare practitioners feel the need to go deeper with their patients and why the mind-body connection is so important. We also talked about what it's like to be a full-time nurse, a full-time entrepreneur, and a mom and how to balance all of that out and why it's so critical to our health and the health of our relationships what tweet does to ground herself and all the amazing things that she's up to so don't forget to follow her over on social media i put her links in the show notes so you can get to it in one click and connect with her all right she's up to so many awesome things and she does inspire me with her awesome awesome content so get inspired tune into the entire thing and without further ado let's get to the interview
1: Uh, What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. We are back at it with the interviews again this week, obviously. And I have a special guest with me today. Her name is Twee. I'm not going to even try to say her last name. I'll let her do that. But Um, I was super glad to have met her because uh, she came through um, Milan. She was also a guest on our show as well, too. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But first, um, I want to introduce you properly. You are a holistic health coach by night, but you also are a registered nurse by trade. So you do a lot of things. Um, But why don't you tell us about all that? Like, where did this journey all get started?
2: Yes. So my name is Twee Nhatankham. And the journey started, I would say, about five years ago. I Oh, this is so hard. So I started off as a nurse seven years ago. And um, that journey continued as I tried to find my way to ambulatory setting. And that took me about five years within my career to get there. And then it led me to be in a role that was in a state where I was meeting my patients where they were at but I didn't know how to do that because I was so focused on the model that I learned from school was to teach my patients all the things that I know um, to help them get better. And so as I continue to dive deeper into my current role that I'm in now to help, you know, basically care my patients through their health and their life, it transcended into learning more about how do we deal with trauma and how do we help people go through their trauma and learn that their trauma is not permanent. And it's something that is temporary that they can, you know, shift their mindset into and with the mental health being a barrier and not being an open space for them to actually know that they need to work through that first before they can work through their health was something that then continued to transcend during the time that I was helping my patients through their health journey. And at that moment was when, you know, I kept getting training from my colleagues and started realizing that I was inflicting this plan as a team with my healthcare team members to get the patient where we know that they will feel better, but it wasn't It wasn't moving. The needle was staying in the same exact position because we weren't looking in the deeper ends of what's going on in the person's internal mind and their trauma that they were dealing with. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to partner with my patients and see how that transcended into a healthy lifestyle and healthy improvements by working with them through their trauma and working with them through all the deeper things within. And then all this, you know, when you go through life, there's like signs, right? It keeps popping out at you. And I feel like during that time, I would say about two years ago, the signs just kept coming at me. And what I mean by that is I would talk to friends or I would talk to family or strangers. And I found myself in like this space where I was able to see the bigger picture for this person, but it was their journey of going through it with them to help them find it and not me inflicting on what I had saw um, that would be great for them and their journey and their purpose and their passion. During that time, I think looking back to my, my older sister, she mentioned to me, you know, when we were trying to find out what we wanted to be growing up, she always said to me, are you sure you don't want to be a psychiatrist or like a therapist? Because I feel like when you talk to people, it just naturally comes out of you. And like, you know, you listen to people really well, and you you help them work through their problems. And for me at that age, it was like 12. I didn't see myself doing that because I'm the type of person that internalizes everyone's like um, problems, and I want to help them fix it. And I always saw myself like putting people before myself and depleting my energy and I didn't know how to, I guess, um, understand and like deal with those emotions to not internalize people's um, problems and wanting to fix it. Um, And as it continued on, I think about two years ago is when I finally accepted it and said, this is actually something that I want to pursue. This is the time where I want to stand as an Asian American woman to help other women pursue what they're meant to pursue. A lot of us don't even touch the surface of it. And I feel like, especially being an Asian American woman, it's very hard for us to be vocal and be bold and step out of the boundaries that that may look scary at the time. And during that time, I feel like a lot of asian american women we kind of shy away from that and it doesn't allow us to bloom to who we're supposed to be. and so when i decided to do that i found myself going into the trenches of very dark spaces and also the dynamic of my relationship shifted in a lot of ways.
1: i'm not sure where this is going. No, that's cool. I just wanted to touch upon the fact that yeah, that's a true 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 empaths are true empaths just take on the energy of other people's pains not wh- whether they like it or not whether they want to or not uh-huh. and as as you grow older though you learn how to because i'm an empath myself right, right? And, and as you, as you grow older you learn how to you know shield off some of those energies but and and, and turn it into more positively and that's kind of like what i wanted to talk about you you actually felt this calling to do more aside from just regular nursing because you realize uh-huh. there's so much more to it. And I find that that, that's a pretty common theme amongst people who are healthcare practitioners, either doctors or nurses or Mm -hmm. um, whatever, what have you, there's always this overlap. There's always this mental mind body connection that people aren't understanding too much. And so let's talk a little bit about that. Um, Obviously, this journey wasn't always like this for you. What are some struggles that you faced personally that made you really think about the mind-body connection that really brought you to this point and then started saying like, like I wanna help other people come to this realization as well.
2: Yeah, I would say that with my nursing journey and career that I've been through so far, it's helped me, I guess, navigate what that looks like as a whole. And I always knew that I wanted to do holistic care And so transcending that into a holistic life coach, I saw that beyond just the health piece and, you know, intertwining the whole life piece. Because when your system is not founded on a solid connection piece, everything else breaks apart and, you know, your body is trying to communicate to you through the symptoms that is transcending outwards for you, you know, basically like crying for help. And for you, you're thinking, Oh, something's the health wise is wrong with me. Like what's the diagnosis. But at the end of the day it's like, it all starts with how is your connection back with your family? How is your connection back with your community? And so during this time, I would say that it did tested me in a lot of ways to dive deeper into my own relationship with my dad and with my family. And then how is that translating into my marriage? and then transcending into me being a mother to my son. And so as I watched that, I guess, flourish and continue to like, unlayer, it, it scared me because I don't think I was ready for the honest and raw truth of what was going on. And I know deep down inside, like my relationship with my father is not where I've ever like imagined it to be in the sense that I always wanted it to be in a closer niche. But like, having that like language barrier where my Vietnamese is not that great for me to have deep conversations with my dad and his English is not that great to have deep conversations with me in an English term, it's it makes it really hard for me to actually emotionally show him what I feel as a daughter and father relationship. And I still struggle with that today. And like there's ideas that you know run through my head on how would I do that because I feel like learning Vietnamese at the same time is hard because I'm like bilingual trying to juggle this Asian American life. And I haven't figured out how I'm going to do that. I don't know, maybe Google Translation might have to help me with transcending my emotions, you know, through a letter or something to my dad. And when I go to church, that's a time where a lot of feelings stir up in me. And I feel like it does remind me like, I need to call my dad, even if it's just a simple you know, call to just say hello, or like, I love you. Um, For me, I feel like that's not enough, because I'm the type of person that I like to dive deeper into conversation with every single conversation that I have, which can become a problem as well, because not a lot of people are comfortable with being vulnerable. And so with that transcending over to my relationship with my husband and our marriage, I feel like, because we came from a place that our parents, you know, were immigrants, we were able to like connect on that level of understanding like where we came from, where our parents came over here to build a better life for us. And we didn't have much growing up. And so living off of whatever it was that, you know, our parents made and me was what we were able to enjoy. And so living from that life and transcending it into now, we're trying to build this life for our son on how that looks like. And for me, as a millennial Asian-American mom, it's really hard to, to see what's right for him and like, how does that transcend into helping him face his daily emotions and then also being present for him to know that, like, to like have this re- reminder to say, this is okay. It's okay for you to have these emotions, but let's talk about it. Let's not ignore it. And like, he's four years old, and I started doing this when he was two. And so I feel like seeing him go from two to four, he's able to actually communicate his emotions better to me versus like comparing myself when I was younger. I didn't know how to do that. I would just hurdle everything inwards. And I felt like that created like a darkness within me where I felt like no one was hearing me and no one was listening to me of the things that I wanted to like express because I felt like, I held on too much emotions, And so to me, I always took that as a negative thing because a lot of people shied away from it. So I felt like, is there something wrong with me? Like, why am I made this way? Why am I holding on to so much emotions and not knowing how to process it? And so as a mother, I want to help my son navigate this life and know that with these emotions, everyone has different levels of emotions that they process through every part of their life, through their journey and it's not anything to be a shameful of or feel like something's wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You just nixed out the question that I had for you is, uh, you know, what are some lessons that you learned along the way? Um, obviously we'll, we'll touch on one of them is, or w- one, one theme that I'm understanding here is mm-hmm. that, you know, communication is so important and there's so many layers to communication. I'll touch on, on, on a couple of them. Obviously the language barrier, is tough. I I grew up in what we call a second generation lifestyle for Asians. And I mean, you're born here, but you're still having to deal with all of the inherited culture from growing Mm -hmm. up with your, your first generation parents. and So obviously, yeah, there's always that language barrier. There's always that language gap. And then um, you know, how that trickles down into your, your child, I see, is that you want him to communicate those emotions efficiently, because that's exactly what you wanted from, from your father. And so it's uh-huh. like, there's this, like, you're, you're bridging this gap. And then I think that's great. What you're doing is good for your son, because it's just, I think, raising emotionally intelligent people, whether it's a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. Is usually the is usually the end goal of, of of a millennial parent these days. But let's give a little context about that relationship. You said that you were sandwiched in between six siblings, right? You're the middle the middle child. Yeah, um, six siblings. So how, what was that like growing up?
2: So being the third oldest, I felt like I always had to be the mediator. And I think with that being the person that like always sacrificed for your younger siblings, or like, you know, you're still playing the role model of the bigger sister, even though there's another bigger sister. I think that was hard for me. Because being that person that always sacrificed to have everyone be happy, I didn't realize I wasn't taking care of myself. And that caught up to me, I would say after like 28 years, and I continue to ignore what that looks like for me. And I would say back then, it, it was a great thing to do. But as an adult, I'm now trying to work through that. What does that balance look like as a mom, as a wife, as a full-time nurse, as an entrepreneur, as a sister, as an aunt? Like, How does that balance my life in the sense that I don't feel like I'm being selfish of my time? And I still struggle with it today. It's like finding that balance where I'm supporting my husband and what he does and in his passion and then also taking care of myself taking care of my son and doing amongst all the other things that i'm doing because i'm like always ready to like start something new or like you know try something new because i'm i'm a person that loves to grow and so my challenge around all of this is finding time to pour back into myself without feeling selfish or feeling guilty about it because i've always been the person to just say, I'll just sacrifice my feelings, I'll sacrifice my time, and I'll just do it for everybody else. Um, And I don't think there's a perfect way to go about trying to find that balance for yourself. But you can slowly try new things and see where it fits for you. And I think during that challenge of working through it right now, I'm learning that boundary is such a big pivotal point to understand because when you don't create that healthy boundary, everything just become very chaotic, and then is out of your control. I feel like creating boundaries is within your control. And when you create healthy boundaries, in the beginning is really difficult, because if you are a person that gives a lot and put everyone before you all the time, like you've always known it to be, the people around you that know you to be like that, as you bloom and transcend into this person that is setting the boundary, so then that way you have a healthy balance for yourself to re, you know, replenish your energy. It shifts your relationships, and I've, you know, like it's been some painful hills that I had to actually get myself to climb over because I'm like, I did, I wasn't ready to face that. I wasn't ready to like listen to what people had to say of like, oh well, what is Tui up to? What is she doing? Like she's changing. She's changing so quick. And for me, I was like, it was scaring me, because I was going through the journey. And like, then to hear the feedback on the other end, it was like, it was like enforcing it even more, and it was going even faster. And I couldn't even catch my breath to say, all right, let's just sit down and debrief. Like, I don't feel like there was a moment of debrief, because it's like once I had said yes, it just took off. And I had to rebalance myself. And I think the one thing that Helped me rebalance was getting back into yoga. I always did it, but I did it in very small spurts. And I never did meditation. And so then I started doing that. And I felt that through meditation and yoga, it has helped me release a lot of that emotions that I was holding on to. And trying to process those emotions and seeing where it landed with me to not try to fix it. Mm -hmm. And so every day I have been feeling more free and at peace to let go of trying to fix everything and just be that's my thing right now just be in the present and be at peace of what it is and do what you
1: can in your control Mm -hmm. kind of take things as they come Mm -hmm. yeah no that's that's awesome and i think you'd be like the perfect person to ask for this actually because like i I just wanted to paint the context for our listeners here and you know there's some people that listen Mm -hmm. in they're in relationships and sometimes they're not in relationships they're single but yeah what, what's really good to you know ask you here is you've done a lot in such a short little time I mean raising mm-hmm. a family is no, is no joke either yeah and having to balance your entrepreneurial journey with raising a child with supporting your husband in, in his uh, entre- uh, whatever endeavors and then having to you know juggle your friends and family and all this other stuff mm-hmm. you gave yourself a break and I think there's some gold tips that you can give to a new couple who may there, there could be going through something like this and yeah. they're looking at marriage and kids and maybe they're scared because they're like, wow, what? Like, it's not easy. And, and uh-huh. for, 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 for these new couples, they give up to, I think they give up too easily. And so yeah what are some advice that you could give to a new couple who's, you know, somewhat past the honeymoon phase, they're, somewhat getting serious now and what what are some tips that you can help
2: yeah so the first one that I would say is you always have to continue to be curious about each other we tend to get very comfortable and lose touch of what that curiosity is like we don't know everything about each other and I think the inner soul like the depths of what you go through in your journey is something that when you keep so close and curious about that it transcends into a stronger connection with each other on a daily basis. The second thing I would say is you always have to celebrate your wins together, for each other, together, separately. When you're evolving, you guys are evolving together and individually. And when you evolve individually, there are layers that you have not even explored yourself. And so you're trying to process it. You're trying to figure it out. And as you try to figure that out, you have to make space for your spouse or your partner or your future partner to also process their emotions as they evolve as well. Because I feel like that was one thing during my husband and I's marriage, like before we got married, we knew that we wanted to be with each other because we wanted to challenge each other to grow and evolve to being the better person of ourselves, but also to evolve together. And I think that evolving together was a hard piece because we didn't understand how to process our our wins and our emotions and our loses together and so I've learned that there may be times where it feels like another you know your partner have more wins than you in that moment and you have to lay down the thought of like well when is my win gonna come because your wins might not come together and if it does come together that's even more beautiful so those are my two advices
1: yeah, I love it. I I feel like, you know, the same the same scenarios coming is the whole going back to being present and staying uh-huh. in gratitude of where you're at with what you're at, but also accepting the change and the growth that's going to come in the future. Right. I know for sure that's kind of like, you know, where a lot of my relationships stagnated. Mm-hmm. We, didn't grow to- we didn't grow together we didn't we didn't decide that hey when somebody needs a little hand we're gonna kind of like you do it yourself you do it and I, and I get the sentiment right. but I think I, I truly understand I and I truly think that relationships need to be a communal effort and it takes mm-hmm. two And so sometimes you know your partner doesn't bring a hundred to the table and it just takes that little extra right uh, that effort and so yeah that's what I'm getting from all of that and so Great I love it um let's yeah. let's lighten the mood a little bit uh <laughs> and let's go to the segment of the show where I'm gonna ask you some random questions okay, it's just so I can get to know you a little bit. I feel like we've sure. we, yeah, we've only chatted for a handful of times, so I want to get to know you personally, and we're gonna to go to the random five ready all right, let's go okay, <laughs> so if you could domesticate any animal in the world and have it as a pet, what animal would it be
2: and why? oh my God. <laughs> This one's a hard one. Um, I always go between an elephant and a lion. But I think not an adult.
1: Yeah, like I, it would one. be a
2: cub. Um, probably a lion. Mm, the reason being is because I, I look at a lion like it's so fierce, but I feel like internally when that animal is like being loved and in an environment that it knows that it's not being harmed. It can be very lovable because the outer being of a lion, it looks so scary. The teeth, the mane, everything about it, the stance. And so yeah,
1: I would Yeah, Nice. But they're, yeah, they're actually really affectionate to each other. Which yeah, is, which exactly. Is awesome. Correct. Yeah. Cool. Um, is there a favorite book that you have read? Or is there something that you're reading right now that you'd like to share with us?
2: Yeah. So I am reading The Garden City by uh, Pastor John Calmer. And uh, through this in the chapter that I'm at right now is rest. I don't rest easily. When you tell me just sit down and rest to me, even when I'm sick, I'm like always on the go. And like, it's teaching me that when I don't rest and I keep doing and doing doing, my energy continues to deplete. And then I'm not myself, I'm not whole. And I start to break. And what does that do with the relationships around me, especially with my husband and my son who's around me every day? They see my moods go up and down. And I I know that when I don't get rest and I continue to do and I think I'm doing good for everybody else, I'm actually doing harm because it's almost like I'm like throwing fire at everyone because I am not being replenished. And so yeah, I I'm trying to rest <laughs> when I need to. <laughs> I
1: I think we're we all are. We all live yeah. busy lives. Like I I myself too have have been trouble trouble finding that balance. You know yeah. the whole business the whole podcasting like relationships friends you know I mean right. I live in a big city so there's always something going on to
2: do right
1: <laughs> always something to do and i you know I'm, I'm i find myself teetering and tottering from the extrovert to, to the introvert a lot and so uh, exactly. you know, it, it it's just it's very tough for a lot of people I don't yeah. think a lot of us and and it's okay I think but it's just uh, you know you're doing I think you're doing fine I mean you do yoga and all that stuff and so it's like, yeah but I'm not um, doing
2: enough as I think I should
1: <laughs> so but okay that's cool um the garden something I, I just totally forgot the name of it garden city okay all right cool uh if you could go on a plane and go anywhere in the world money isn't like anything a time isn't an option like it's, it's you guys have time is an option you get I mean you get, you can go anywhere in the <laughs> world um where, where would you go and why
2: I would go to Bali and it, it speaks to where my chapter is now it's mm. I feel like being in Bali of all the pictures that I've seen so far and hearing stories from my friends that's been there being more in touch with myself and being one with nature because I love to explore and like wander and being around just I mean all the green trees and, I, and that's why I live in Oregon because it's like all these green trees around. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of peace there. And mm. that that's what I'm chasing after because I'm I'm so like what I was saying earlier like on the go and like doing things all the time. I need to just slow down and just just be and not miss yeah. the now, you know?
1: For sure. For sure. Like, we're not meant to be in cars driving, you know, yeah. 80, 80 miles an hour, and <laughs> sitting in traffic. And like, this is not what we're used to, you know, this, this modern day. It's like, anyway. But we
2: anyway. do it. Like we have to. We, to have to we have to adapt it.
1: right like we have to adapt yeah. like that's it's just part of life and so yeah no that's, that's uh bali is definitely a place where you can get grounded i love doing nature walks too, myself so uh-huh. uh we're ma- we're manifesting here i think yeah. ranny was talking i think do you know ranny not know you were from oregon but yes. um so you flew down to seattle i guess to or you I drove down there. to yeah, oh, yeah okay cool there. interesting i thought you were from seattle okay cool But Brandy was talking about going to Bali or something like that on some yoga retreat or something. So it's all happening. I don't know. I don't know. know. Maybe (laughs) that's what's in the air or something like that. So maybe I'll see you guys there too. Um, Okay. What's the next question here? Oh, yeah. Do you have... Oh, if you could... Sorry. That was just uh, an alarm on my phone. If you could meet anyone who's dead right now and it doesn't have to be a dead celebrity or anything, who would it be and why?
2: Oh, my God. I would say Maya Angelou. I feel like she's done a lot of interviews with Oprah, and her mindset on diversity and the skin color not being a thing when you are connecting with people, I think that's another journey of mine that I'm going through as well of um, trying to manifest out into a world that um, I really miss that piece from Florida. I lived there for over a decade. And coming to Oregon, I felt like, you know, we're in a minority, but it became more of a minority. And so to find what that diverse culture looks like, to relate to and connect to, it was really hard. And um, yeah, she brings a lot of that piece out of of what mm. that looks like and so it, it speaks a lot to to my life of where my values and beliefs are um and so yeah I would actually that like is. to talk to her to dive deeper into deep you know conversations
1: Love to it. see yeah. yeah where she sits Popular with answer. That. whenever I go on like a brainy quote or genius quote uh-huh. i always like look for Maya Angelic, Angela yeah Kirk, and I'm just like yeah like she's she and her quotes to touch
2: about. you it's just like I can't even describe it's just it just does like I feel like she's alive within the words that she has transcended out into the world
1: super insightful yeah okay um the last question of the random five here is do you have any weird eating habits Do you ever get called out for anything at the dinner table
2: weird eating habits because I'm a foodie and so I eat almost everything um
1: I mean so I'll give you an example like for me I don't know I hate tomatoes but I'll eat ketchup (laughs) I'd say that's pretty weird
2: yeah that is weird because that's (laughs) right
1: and I'll eat and I'll have tomato sauce like in in my pasta yeah but I won't eat tomatoes that's so
2: odd yeah I can't think of a like a weird food thing (laughs) i can't think of one right now actually i don't okay well we'll
1: we'll pass it we'll pass that one this is kind of like the supplementary one if it was your last meal on death row what would it be
2: oh (laughs) last meal on death row um I would have to say, things. it has, to, I, I, I know. So I'm going to choose something that has everything in it. <laughs> it has to be a bowl of noodle soup. It has okay. to be.
1: With, like everything? Okay, cool. In Korea, With, Korea, yeah. K- Koreans call it pudichige. It's like an army stew where we just like throw everything, everything in there. Yeah, exactly. we just throw everything <laughs> cheese, noodles, like everything. <laughs> All right, cool. That brings us to the end of the random five. So cool, I got to know you a little bit deeper and I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing some of that vulnerability with us, but also shining your light as well, too. So um, I want people to get into your radar. I want people to, uh, you know, if, if they resonated with you, um, yeah. where can they support you? Where are you hanging out? What are you up to? Let the, let the audience know.
2: Sure, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on your show. Also, I would say you can contact me through Instagram at tweempowers, and it's spelled T-W-E-E-P-O-W-E-R-S. Um, to book a free 20 minute call with me. And if you decide to go further, we can discuss what that looks like. You can find me through woke events. I am on the board with my friends and we woke stands for working to overcome culture education. And so we do events throughout the year. And if you like, you can follow us on there at woke pdx. So it's w o k e pdx. And I will be doing a Portland Unleash campaign photo shoot. So I'll be leading and coordinating that here in Portland. We're still um, deciding on what that date looks like. And so more to come. Follow me on my Instagram and you'll be um, up to date with that. And also Unleash official. Um, It'll be on there. And then um, I have other things in the pipeline to work. And co create with other um, organizations as well. At the end of the day, I think what I want to go towards is helping to empower women. And so uh, my life coaching is only for women. And I have chosen to do that because I feel like this day and age, as an Asian American, I want to help other Asian Americans and diverse groups to leverage themselves more than where they're at now, not just scratching the surface and to finding what they're meant to do and not going through the day of just collecting a paycheck.
1: Love it. Go Asians. Awesome. Yes. Okay. So yeah. Uh, sorry guys, but no coaching through tweet, but you know, ladies, if you're listening, uh, definitely get on the <laughs> radar. Um, you know, so if you, I'll put all that stuff in the show notes, so you um, share out all the links and stuff like that. So people can get a hold of you and whatnot. And I'm sure, uh, you know, this won't be the last time we see each other. I'm going to share some of that. I didn't know you are doing the Portland one. So, uh, yeah. I know some people in Portland. I'll get, the, I'll get yes. some eyes on there. So yeah, cool. Sweet. Definitely. Unleash. All right. Shout out Unleash. Okay, cool. Um, We're going to take you to the last part of the show. It's, it's the final question. It's based around heartbreak. And that's okay. where most people find me is through a divorce, a separation, job loss, death in the family. Yeah. They're going through something really tough. And sometimes we don't know what to say. We don't know what to do when we're in those situations because mm-hmm. we're in the thick of it. So sometimes listening to other people Uh, who have been through it a little bit, is a little bit easier. So what what, what would you say to somebody who's going through a heartbreak right now?
2: I would say in the time of your heartbreak, it may feel very painful, and it may feel very dark, but without you not letting the light in that is trying to push its way through your darkness, you're not able to get yourself out of that state, and you do have the power to get yourself out of that state. So little by little, as you let that light in, and that light can be something that is your spiritual life, it can be through your friendships that are surrounding you and trying to help uproot, uproot you out of that heartbreak. Sometimes I feel like we like to sit in that darkness a lot because it's uncomfortable to break through into the light to see what that looks like, and that can be scary because we're still hanging on into that broken relationship that meant so deeply and connected to us, but with that, know that your every heartbreak that you go through is pushing you towards a purpose and passion that you're supposed to be heading towards. And so, don't stop yourself there. Know that these feelings might feel really heavy and painful at the time, and it's temporary. And you know, you have to move forward and launch yourself forward into that scary parts of the light that you you might not want to go into right now, but that's the part that that Fully launches you into another direction that you probably would have never imagined for yourself. Yes, yes. Empower them.
1: Tweet, yes. thank you so much for coming
2: on. You're
0: the show. welcome. Thank you. And there you have it. Go connect with Tweet over on social media. Let her know what you thought about the episode. Tag us in a post. Do all that fun stuff. And for those of you in the Portland, Oregon area, and you want a chance to get involved, you're going to want to DM Tui because she is hosting a photo shoot in partnership with Unleash and Buddha Bullying to help bring awareness in the community around anti-bullying. So if you want to get involved, go do that right now. All right, it's free. Continue the conversation. And I'm hanging out on Instagram if you want to see what I'm up to on a daily basis. That's cool too. I'll put those links in the show notes so you can get to it in one click. All right. Rob, your host, signing off. Peace out.